you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Macedonia's first census since the year 2002 ends. How many Macedonians in Macedonia will be counted, including those counted outside of Macedonia, which is not who you count in census? Will Ali Ahmeti's Dewey party refuse to recognize the results if he does not get what he wants? How about other minority groups in Macedonia? Inquiring minds want to know. In the meantime, as the counting continues, we count down to the local elections on October 17, when all 1.8 million registered voters in Macedonia get a chance to vote for mayors and city councils. Odd thing is, with the census now effectively over, there are 1.76 million people in Macedonia, including children who cannot vote, and yet 1.8 million voters. Go figure. Moving on, Reuters now reports that EU expansion is effectively dead. Quote, the European Union, fearing a political backlash in member states, can no longer agree to give a guarantee of future membership to the six Balkan countries once promised a place in the club, according to four diplomats and an internal document, close quote, the Reuters article stated. And Phil Reeker, former U.S. ambassador to Macedonia, gets to put on his big boy pants in London. We'll discuss all of this and much more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetin Shalimanov in uh, apparently never going to be an EU member state, Macedonia. <laughs> Nor do you want to be, given all of the problems that the EU has had, has is now having, and will have in the future. I guarantee you that. You're better off without it. Uh, no, no, uh, I want us to join so we can cause more trouble for them from the inside. <laughs> You'd like to be inside the tent Pissing inside the tent as opposed to right, inside exactly, the tent pissing out. Exactly, so, yes. Or outside the tent <laughs> pissing in. <clears throat> I get it, yeah. No, completely understand. We are recording this episode uh, 123 of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast on the last day of September. September 30, 2021. Svetin, it was three years ago that the referendum uh, was held in Macedonia that the government of Zoranzayev uh, put together and said, yes, we're going to let the people have a say as to whether or not we change the name of, change Macedonia's name and, and effectively change the identity. Of course we'll let you have a say. It reminds me of um, uh, Animal Farm, Squealer, who says, of course, comrades, Napoleon would love for you to be able to make your own decisions. But what if you make the wrong decisions? Then where would we be? And so... Macedonians effectively boycotted that referendum, which was a vote. It failed. <clears throat> and, uh, and according to uh, George Orwell, uh, you made the wrong decision. And so, you know, your betters had to make the decision for you by ramming through the name change and the identity change. And here we are three years later, still talking about it. You're still not in the European Union. Uh, and... Going back to the way we what we started with the, the monologue, you've got the census, 1.8 million voters, yeah. uh, but there's only 1.76 million people, including children. Yeah. Um, 
what's 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 the latest? What do we, what do we expect in terms? Plus the two hundred thousand people outside of Macedonia that have registered that you don't count when you hold a census. You don't count the people outside the country. You count the people inside the country. It's a disaster. Okay, I'm it's done. like one point eight million so far. Even even that is not. Uh, I think I don't think they even reached one point eight million. Uh, compared to 2.1 million in the last census in 2002. So it's a dramatic drop of, of the population. At this 1.8 million, it includes at right. least 200,000 uh, diaspora people. So um, we're, you know, right. on, on, on the so verge of having 1. like... 1.6. Yeah, it's a disaster. It's a complete disaster. <laughs> but... Uh, right. You, know, you can trust the left to put a to try to put a positive spin on the whole story because you know they were they had one of, one of the, the most despicable promises I've kept making during the college revolution was that he would bring the young people back and he would go to families who everybody by now has somebody who lives outside who left this country and he would say I will bring them back I will take them back I promise you know and uh, even we had I remember once debating a. A Soros official in Belgrade. But why don't you want Zayev to win so you can have your children come back to the... I mean, horrible, horrible. Uh, you know, heartstring tugging <laughs> stuff. So, such blatant, you know, lies and uh, uh, manipulations from their part. And now they're saying, okay, if we are 1.6 million, 1.5 million, you know, they're actually counting how many population... What, what the... What the, the population loss should be so they can retroactively claim that the the referendum three years ago was actually successful <laughs> because there was only like 36 percent uh, turnout for that thing and um, it failed uh, completely and this was 36 percent with ballot stuffing in the albanian quarters like this last mm. hour surge when villages went from having 20 percent turnout which is the actual number of people who live in the village uh, they went to 100% turnout in one hour. <laughs> so uh, even with ballot stuffing, with fraud, they, they only they couldn't even uh, they couldn't get even to 40%. And uh, now they're saying, okay, yes, but the, what if uh, the immigration was so high back then and still is, so that uh, you know we we actually had 50% turnout. It's a so they're trying to justify one defeat by by another they're trying to cover up the defeat of the referendum with the the collapse of their you know promised policy that they will bring hundreds of thousands of macedonians back in the country not only hundreds of thousands of macedonians back into the country but uh jobs foreign direct investment nato and eu membership uh you know as you as macedonians march in lockstep to the sunny uplands uh, mm. singing hosannas and uh, throwing flowers out on the road as they walk. Uh, everything was going to be just perfect, uh, according to mm -hmm. Zoran Zaev and Nikola Dimitrov. And I remember, a, uh, I think it was a Reuters article three years ago, when we're, uh, I'll have to find the quote, maybe not now, but later, where Nikola Dimitrov says, you, you, he says, you know, in the future, and I'm paraphrasing, in the future we're going to look back and say, gee, why didn't we do this earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we've got a lot going on here. You, you, you've got these numbers uh, of, and, and here's a funny thing about democracy. My goodness, how many, how many votes have you guys, as Macedonia, had in the past three, four years alone? So you've got, we've got local elections coming up on October 17. 
we had the uh, snap elections for parliament in the summer of 2020 during the mm -hmm. middle of the, this is the corona elections. Uh, then you had this referendum in 2018. Before that, the last election, the parliamentary election was 2000, end of 2016. You're, you're always holding elections. You're always yeah. voting. Um, it's, presidential it's elections 2019? It's, 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 a bit, it's a bit odd. We had presidential yeah, pres elections. Okay, yeah, yeah, presidential elections. Gosh, it's... You got votes every every year. You got something coming up. So. Yeah, and if the local elections, uh, if Vimera wins... They'll either try to form a new government through the parliament or, yeah. you guessed it, hold another election in uh, probably early 2022. 2022, yeah. So, uh, well, let's, let's, let's go to that. Let's go to local elections. But first, again, one more thing on the uh, referendum of three years ago. Uh, you know, and again, to Nicola's point that, you know, well, we'll look, we'll look back on this and say, you know, why didn't we do this earlier? Well... We didn't do it earlier because nobody wanted to do it. Number one, and still, still nobody wants it or appreciates it or or recognizes is actually the word I should use. Uh, you're still not in the EU, according to that Reuters article, and that's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Mm. That effectively EU expansion is dead. Uh, there still is no the, the the young people are still leaving. The foreign direct investments are still not coming in. Uh, and all for what? Okay, you got your NATO membership. But, you know, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden in August uh, regarding the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan toward, told uh, George Stephanopoulos on ABC News here in America said, I think that the uh, Taliban are having an existential crisis. No, <laughs> Joe, it is not the Taliban who are having an existential crisis. They know exactly what they want and what they're doing, hanging people in city squares keeping women out of education, keeping women out of government, stoning gays, etc., etc., etc. NATO, however, does have an existential crisis, especially as we've just seen with the uh, U.S., uh, U.K., uh, Australia deal on the submarines, snubbing uh, French President Macron, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, plus the Afghanistan debacle, etc. So anyway, let me get off my high horse there. Let's talk <laughs> about local elections, October 17. Uh, you've got hundreds of candidates running for mayor, uh, thousands of candidates running for city councils. Yep, yep. Yeah, these are usually high turnout elections because so, just so many people are running. Right. So we're, again, we're recording this on Thursday, September 30. It'll drop tomorrow on Friday, October 1. The campaign began at the beginning of this week, so Monday the, uh, what is that, the 27th. So yep. what's the latest? Who's winning? <laughs> I mean, it looks more or less even. Vimera uh, uh, has polls showing them in the lead. Uh, SDSM uh, has polls uh, insisting they're in the lead. Uh, so Vimera have an interesting candidate for Skopje. This lady, um, Daniela Arsovska, who, who is running an independent candidacy. She's not a party member. She's like a, a head of the second, of the second largest chamber of commerce which is considered, you know, the one which includes the small businesses. So actually the one which actually, you know, where people actually do work and, you know, um, not the oligarchic chamber. So she's okay. Well loved, uh, very interesting character. So she's, uh, she was notably, uh, running together with, uh, or walking to what, I don't know what they do there with the U S ambassador during a breast cancer awareness thing. They do every year, so 
she already looks like she has the endorsement of the embassy so this is uh, this caused a lot of panic in uh, in SDSM meanwhile you know SDSM are running with this uh, drunken uh, candidate notoriously corrupt uh, the incumbent mayor Peter <laughs> Shiligov yeah. he's now you know people are mm -hmm. what, what's What's the latest? His son is now opening uh, a restaurant in the still, in the soon to be finished huge Eastgate Mall, which is being built in, in Aerodrome in Skopje. Uh, so a lot of mm. you know backstory to this guy. So uh, whoever wins Skopje, that's going to be a big deal for you know if Vimmer wins Skopje, it will also mean that uh, Zaev has lost Albanian support. Uh, or that his Albanian partners are unable to deliver because now Vimera has a coalition with the opposition Albanian parties, the Alliance and the Alternative, uh, while Zaev is counting on Dui's Albanian votes to win in Skopje. So uh, this is going to be a, uh, an interesting race. Um, in other areas, Vimera look good in Prilep. They have a strong, solid candidate uh, uh, in uh, Veles as well. Uh, SDSM looks stronger in Stip. Uh, SDSM have had a major falling out with their candidate in Kumanova, which they held for decades, I mean, since forever. The candidate felt so strong, uh, he got into fights with uh, Zaev over not get, receiving assistance for Corona and uh, of, of essentially accusing Zaev of being a traitor on the identity issues. So he's running by himself. SDSM are running another candidate and Vimera running this popular actor Tony Mikhailovsky. So Vimera could win this or Zaev at least could lose this to this independent SDSM candidate. So uh, it would be a major defeat for Zaev if he loses Kumanovo. Vimera re-endorsed Mitko Jančev in Kavadarce. This is a businessman who was the only Vimera candidate who won a serious seat in the 2017 election which was, you know, this after, soon after Zav grabbed power, completely chaotic election. Uh, and Yanchev once uh, appointed to this position, he actually sided with Zav in business deals, as well as he would often be seen with Philip Ricker coming to Macedonia or uh, with the embassy people. So he sided, he voted for the ref in the referendum. He supported the name change. Or actually, I think he just said, I support people voting, not boycotting, which would have made the turnout right. bigger and would have helped uh, Zaev. Uh, so uh, Yanchev, uh, after this betrayal, uh, he went quiet for a while and uh, he, he first insisted that he's going to remove Mitskovsky as party leader with the Americans' help. Then he disappeared as these plans did not work out and now he's being re-endorsed by Vimera. So Vimera going to win Kavadarci for sure. Um, and then the other fight is with the Albanian parties. So Vimera is, is supporting an Albanian candidate in Struga, in Tetovo and in uh, Gostivar. He's trying to help uh, Albanian, uh, Albanian majority municipalities with uh, the Macedonian votes. So they are candidates. The, Opposition Albanian parties could win these seats from Dewey, while uh, and this is the same similar dynamic with SDSM, supporting Dewey in these municipalities. While both Vimer and SDSM expect their Albanian partners to help out in Skopje 
and uh, one municipality in Skopje in Butal, and uh, in Kumanov. Albanian, the Albanian vote will be important there as mm. well. Nothing major happening. I mean, except that, you know, Zaev is having a huge uh, <coughs> political fallout with the Albanians after the the Tate of a Fire, you know. Uh, this is the, <clears throat> the right. thing that's changed, actually. Otherwise, the economics are the same, you know, the betrayal from the EU, you know, the, his failure to secure EU membership. It was a big deal in the 2020 elections. Uh, now it's, you know, people are, it's baked in the cake to some extent, so it's not really, like, shocking people anymore that we're still not opening EU accession talks. But uh, the Albanians are very important for Zaev's uh, election. And now he's seen as, uh, you know, Mm. giving a crony contract to a political ally to build hospitals essentially out of cardboard, hospital containers. And uh, mm. of the 15 people, I think only one person is Macedonian, of those who died in the, in the fire, even though the names are not being disclosed yet. So it's a huge, you know, he's seen as mm. practically sacrificing a large number of Albanians and then being callous about it, no resignations, not, uh, I'm sure that the families, they're being silenced, bribed off, pressured not to go on television and talk about, you know, demand accountability. But it's still a big deal in the, especially in the Albanian community, even though, of course, in the Macedonian as well, you know, you, you can't really go with a straight face and say that these people are either competent or, you know, not, not corrupt uh, after this disaster. So this is the dynamic will look to, to see how it develops in the elections yeah, yeah that, that's that's an excellent recap um <clears throat> and i was gonna i was gonna touch on the fires so again the, the for for listeners that may not remember may have already forgotten about it because the news moves so fast the fire in tetovo three weeks ago on macedonia's independence day at the end of the day should have been a joyous occasion a horrible fire rips through this covid modular hospital kills 15 mm. injures i think 12 uh, now, there was one man who lost, I think, a brother, maybe lost two family members, and who was speaking brother up. Brother and father. Uh, and, and organizing protests. I can't remember his... And father, yeah. Gosh, incredible. Mm. What, mm -hmm. what a tragedy. Uh, then, of course, you know, Philip Che and um, I think Hassani, the uh, deputy uh, health minister, mm -hmm. uh, pressured into submitting their resignations. Uh, Zoran Zayev said, well, we have to wait until... He, he wouldn't accept them. He said, we'll have to wait until the investigation is over. Uh, the Germans sent a team there. I believe they've come and gone. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as far as Zoran Zayev is concerned, I'm, I'm guessing the investigation is going to take, well, as long as he remains in power, whether that's you know six months, six years, or 16 years. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not going to accept their resignations. But I think the, 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 the anger will just continue to boil, and... This October 17 will be an interesting um, uh, indication of how much anger there is, especially amongst, as you mentioned, the ethnic Albanians in Tetovo and the country, because it was mostly ethnic Albanians that died in that fire. Uh, yeah, and uh, we um, this is also difficult on the on Zaev's other Albanian partner, Bisa, which is the smaller party. They. They're, they're running a competing candidate, uh, their party leader, Kasami, uh, for the mayor of Titova. So they're fighting with Dui, and they're threatening each other, you know, 
both parties are threatening SDSM. They demand ZAF support in the Titova race, and uh, uh, Bisa was threatening to leave the coalition if he doesn't at least be neutral in the race, not support Dewey. So, yeah, I mean, he, he again, a reminder, Zaf has very few votes. In uh, He had like 40, what, 42, 43 members of parliament. It's uh, He has a majority of 62 with the help of uh, Dewey uh, and Bisa. And, you know, it takes very little for him to to actually to slip up after the elections if he doesn't do well. But again, there is the bribery, there is the, you know, um, he's buying off the poorer, especially minority districts like the Roma uh, areas to try to get an advantage. So uh, there are some mural candidates being seen every every day with uh, in the in uh, suddenly deciding to organize like a food drive. <laughs> you know, they've never done this for years. And, and suddenly they decide to go to the Roma neighborhood with packs, you know, with packs of uh, pasta and uh, potatoes and cooking oil. So mm. he, he will try to, to buy the elections, that, that's for sure. Uh, we'll see how, how well it goes this time. Yeah, well, that's, that's in two weeks from this Sunday, the elections. Uh, so we will probably have another podcast between now and then, uh, and, and uh, we get an update on that. And uh, and then we'll see, as you, as you mentioned earlier, I think, uh, you know, assuming if, if Vumero, if the opposition gets a majority of, of mayorships and city councils, uh, that could lead. And I think Zoran Zayev himself mentioned this the other day, that he, he tacitly acknowledged that if that's the case, then it's possible mm. for there to be early elections. Um, but as we as we did mention, I think one of the factors, aside from the fire, aside from the fact that young people are leaving, aside from the fact that there's no foreign direct investment coming in, aside from the fact uh, that, uh, that, you know, general crime is, is on the rise and has been under the Zorn's Eye leadership, aside from the fact that the name and identity have, have essentially been given away for nothing in return, uh, there's this issue of, you know, the European Union, which under Zorn's Eye and his regime, mm. they've been talking about we're just about there. We're almost there. Uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the EU Commission, or I forget which president she is. Uh, there's so many presidents in the European Union. Was there in Macedonia this week saying, yes, you deserve to be in the EU. You're going to be in the EU. We stand by you. We want you to be in the EU. We love you. The EU loves you. The EU for you. Yada, yada, yada. And yet, nothing. And as I mentioned in the monologue, this uh, Reuters article, which I actually... I found it on an Indian website, uh-huh. uh, India <laughs> as Indian as in India, not as an American yeah, yeah. Indian. Uh, and and I when I read it, it, it said Reuters, you know, brought the the uh, the uh, the byline, uh, Robin Emmett, Brussels, Reuters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to actually go back and look at the Reuters page to make sure it was a real article because I I couldn't believe it. It, it again, I, I think it's worth reading uh, again. Quote, the opening line, quote, the European Union fearing a political backlash in member states can no longer agree to give a guarantee of future membership to the six Balkan countries mm. once promised a place in the club, according to four diplomats and an internal document, close quote. Um, I mean, this is big. So yeah. there is uh, probably another EU summit coming up here where they're going to talk about this. Uh, but they're not. Uh... Oh, wait, let's see. 
an impasse over a declaration for a summit of EU and Balkan leaders on October 6th, that's in a few days, is a low point in the EU strategy to bring Serbia, Kosovo, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Montenegro, Albania, and Macedonia into the bloc. So Mm. um, it's, you know, aside from Bulgaria, and of course, we're contractually obligated to mention Bulgaria in every podcast, uh, Bulgaria is having its third general elections for parliament this year to coincide with their presidential elections, I think, in November, because they haven't been able to form a government, and because they haven't been able to form a government, they can't officially deny Macedonia uh, the opening of EU accession talks. They can only do it unofficially, uh, mm. but they will continue to do it. They will. Uh, so that's just Macedonia, Bulgaria. But then you've got this document, this EU uh, or sorry, Reuters uh, article that says EU membership in general looks like it's pretty much dead for now for the yeah. uh, for the countries of the Balkans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is that meaningless promise that uh, every council, every meeting of the European Council would uh, repeat since two thousand three, when it was first declared in Solon in uh, Thessaloniki that all Balkan countries have the prospect of joining the EU. They were just repeated, it costs nothing, we, we by now know that they don't mean it, but uh, now apparently, I think Slo- the, the, what happened was that Slovenia was trying to organize the summit and uh, to give like a greater insistence, like maybe, maybe a stronger statement of support, and somehow they mishandled it, I guess they're not, you know, their uh, right-wing prime minister is not very popular in the Netherlands, I suppose, uh, Etc. So <laughs> apparently it backfired, and now they couldn't. Uh, the countries couldn't even agree to repeat the statement, meaningless as it is, and nobody takes it seriously anyway. But still, they couldn't even mm. get themselves to to lie to us <laughs> a little more. So uh, it's a huge defeat for for Zayev. There was another disaster uh, during the um, the visit of Van der Leyen. She was in Albania first, and the Albanians asked her, "Okay, but." Uh, Mm-hmm. How long are we going to wait for Macedonia? We are ready. Apparently, nobody objects anymore to us, not even the Dutch. But Macedonia is blocked by Bulgaria. And you are saying suddenly that we are in a group and we can only open accession talks together. Like a year ago, the roles were reversed and we were angry that we were in group with Albania because we were seen as more advanced and because of the name change that we have some leverage or buy-in with the EU. So we were... It was a defeat for Zaev that he was in a group with Albania and there was pressure from Albania against Zaev not to demand that Macedonia is lifted out of the group and allowed to start accession talks on its own. <laughs> and imagine in a year's time, <laughs> we've gone to being the worst partner or the weakest link in the group with Albania. And now the Albanians are saying, okay, well, how long are we going to have to wait for the Macedonians to give up their... Uh, what's now history and culture and everything to Bulgaria. And von der Leyen said something like, uh, okay, yeah, I know that you're ready. And there was a, you know, very scared reaction from Zayev supporters, uh, like the correspondent in Brussels and people like that, who were like uh, immediately demanding clarification from the EU and, this, and, and here in Skopje. And she said, no, no, yeah, you will open accession talks. Together, we have some good plans to get Bulgaria on board by the end of the year. This is our plan. But yeah, it's a complete disaster. <laughs> and there is another report in another news site in Brussels saying that, you know, the EU now has a tool to revoke their 
visa-free regime for, for the Balkans if we are misbehaving and wow. we have situations where people go from, like Roma would often go way back when it was first introduced, like a visa-free travel regime. They fly to Belgium and then they claim asylum sales and uh, we demand economic asylum that country is too poor for us to return to. You just give us money and we'll live here now. And, um, and legally, you know, Belgium had these rules allowing this. So uh, when this became thousands of people in a month, you know, uh, after a while the rules were changed and now it's, it's more, and especially after the migrant crisis of 2015, uh, they now have a rule that they can revoke this system, mm. this uh, regime. And uh, there was a report mm. that they're apparently planning to do this as well for the Balkans and for Ukraine, Georgia, Moldova. So it was, uh, uh, and it, this all came down in one day. It was a horrible day for, for Nordonistan's EU accession prospects. <laughs> it was a complete defeat for, on all, on all EU fronts in, in a very short span of time. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, how can you be an, an elected or an appointed official, one or the other, and say the same bloody thing over and over again with a smile knowing that it's not, it's all a lie, you know? Mm. It's all, it's all false, whether it's Ursula von der Leyen saying your future is in the European Union or Nikola Dimitrov or, or Zoran Zaev saying our future is in the European Union. It's just kind mm. of, uh, it must be maddening. It's certainly maddening to listen to them say it over and over again ad nauseum, ad infinitum. But, uh, but there you go. I guess uh, they just keep doing it because... Obviously, they 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 live um, lives of um, of uh, jetting around the world and and staying in expensive hotels and eating fancy foods and it's one movable feast to the next movable feast of uh, and being feted and praised and you know having their 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 happy smiling face on TV and in print etc. So maybe that's what keeps them uh, doing this. Uh, they just mm. they just get a thrill out of it all. Uh, Speaking of a thrill, and I mentioned this in the uh, monologue, and, and then then we have one other thing we want to talk about um, before we close out. Um, I mentioned that uh, Phil Reeker, the uh, former uh, U.S. ambassador to Macedonia, got his uh, got to put on his big boy pants, and by that I mean that he is now he was appointed. He's a career diplomat. Uh, was in Macedonia's ambassador. Before that, he was there with. Um, I think he was the public information officer. He was there. I remember he was there with Holbrook during the whole 98, 99. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Hill. The war, et cetera. Um, and Chris Hill, right. Yeah. Uh, but now he is the, and then he went on and had a number of other positions, et cetera. Uh, now he is the change d'affaires, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right in the French mm -hmm. language, to the, our embassy, the United States embassy in London. We don't have an ambassador. The ambassador was a uh, the ambassador to the court of Saint James for the Americans is always a political appointee, not a career. Uh, so the last ambassador was a Trump appointee. So obviously he stepped aside uh, when uh, Joe Biden and uh, and uh, uh, Kamala Harris became president and vice president. So uh, Reeker became the um, the. Let me read his his Twitter handle. Says the official account of Ambassador Philip T. Reeker. Chargé d'affaires ad interim to the United Kingdom since August 2021. So, but he's uh, he's just living it up, having fun. He's got 56,000 followers on Twitter. 
Uh, although, again, the handle, this is the at USAMBUK. So it's the U.S. ambassador. He is not the ambassador. He is the number two filling in until Joe Biden can uh, find the suitable uh, political appointee to put in there. But but Phil is just having a grand old time tweeting pictures of himself with uh, Boris Johnson in the Oval Office with Boris Johnson and uh, Joe Biden with Theresa May and He's just uh, he's just living it up on on TV appearances, uh, uh, etc. And uh, he's he's reached the height of his career. So uh, it's 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 amusing um, to uh, to see him posting pictures of himself with people and always a cocktail in hand, of course. Uh, generally, always a cocktail in hand. Uh, mm. And uh, you know that's uh, that's what you do if you're a career diplomat. Yeah, interesting that uh, a Trump appointee was uh, promoted to this position, uh, which only shows his role in the Trump administration, like so many other there, just to undermine and uh, subvert the what was supposed to be like a Republican foreign policy uh, administration. So, yeah, I mean, just you would expect uh, what is Mitko Yanchev in Macedonia. This we discussed these betrayals and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, with one side uh, now, with the other side the next day, and you know after meeting with Ricker when he would come here, that is Philip Ricker in the U.S. administration, faithless, uh, sniveling person, and you know maybe it's good that he's on the record over something, <laughs> right now maybe it's a good mm -hmm. high point. I guess the U.S. and the U.K. are now together against, uh, I don't know, against uh, France over. Australia French. or something or other. But, you know, he's going to step into it sooner or later now that he's in the forefront. He was much more dangerous, at least for us, when he was in this nondescript position as uh, consul to, what was it, Milan or something like that. Where, while he was, in reality, obviously part of, uh, of preparing the color revolution in Macedonia and God knows what other, uh, you know clandestine, despicable actions. Only one of which, I guess, only this one. I see his work because all other countries in the world are, are rejecting these, uh, all other targets of the U.S. administration are, mm. you know, holding on, except for, you know, obviously in the U.S. itself where the, the coup was also successful. All right. Well, we covered all the subjects that uh, I had mentioned in the monologue there, but there was one other that came up yesterday uh, that you actually alerted me to. Mm. Uh, and let's just briefly talk about that. One of them was the, and I'm looking at a picture of it now here on uh, the Twitter sphere, Sex, Scouts, and Rock and Roll, <laughs> sponsored by uh, a scout camp sponsored by, I guess, the city of Skopje and, uh, of course, George Soros. And the other issue was some gay guy from the UK that uh, posted very uh, provocative pictures of himself in a, and it looked like, I don't know, leather shorts and high heels in a church, uh, in several churches in Macedonia. And uh, I saw one that was in a mosque. You, you, you said you thought it was photoshopped. I don't know, but... Regardless, um, just really raised an uproar. Both events, and it and it seems like, as as I understand from uh, 
media is reporting that the city of Skopje um, said this was this uh, Soros scout camp, sex education scout camp was uh, was not a good thing. Can you uh, can you tell our listeners more about both of those? Yeah, both are both are crazy events. <laughs> the the camp. Uh, these are scouts, like, it's it's not a very popular thing here, but yeah, there are scouting camps, and this apparently, this group, you know, people are now finding other comments in there, I don't know, social media and stuff, saying that, uh, you know, expressions on LGBT holidays and stuff, uh, uh, comments on these, like, congratulations and stuff. So I guess they, they have gone woke and uh, are funded by the city, of course, as they, as they usually are, and reportedly also by one of the Soros uh, organizations here. And they apparently organized uh, something that was like a sex ed scout camp, which is not a very good idea, with underage children and uh, off-age instructors, which is you know, a recipe for disaster. Uh, some of the children were apparently going along, mm. but some went to their parents, told them that, uh, you know, what was going on. And uh, now the parents are screaming bloody murder. This included like sex games. They would have them like uh, undress, uh, evaluate each other on sexual attractiveness scales, paint mm. genitalia even apparently. And, uh, um, you know, mm. I'm let's not even going into details. It's really, uh, it yeah. was all really unpleasant. Point is, underage children with a uh, adult male uh, supervisor who was joining in the games and giving comments on uh, uh, sexual matters. Obviously, the parents have gone crazy, and now even um, uh, some of the Soros groups, which are said to have been involved, are denying involvement. So even they realize they've they've gone a mm. bit too far with this. It's their it's their position that we need to have them to have far left groups write uh, uh, sex ed programs to their liking and enforce them on uh, elementary school children at very young age, etc. But uh, okay, this is a very a bridge too far, and now they're trying to to get out of it uh, to to wash their hands off of it. And the other cultural war thing is this uh, drag person from uh, the UK who was uh, here on uh, this summer on some, uh, I think, uh, there was an exhibition in the, in the Museum of Contemporary Arts in Skopje, which is also going woke. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> it was some like a gay thing, uh, gay pride uh, art installation they had there and during his visit he apparently went to a bunch of uh, uh, to, across Macedonia to a number of churches to landmarks not to mosques uh, he was later photoshopped in a mosque uh, by people who wanted to make a point but uh, oh. uh, to ask him why are you not going to a mosque as well but he would go to a church and he would take a picture in right. uh, you know, uh, bikinis and, you know, like ma women clothes and uh, panties and uh, heels and stuff like that. Uh, sexually provocative, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, poses. And uh, uploaded them, I guess, on Instagram. And uh, I'm not sure if he uploaded them, uploaded them now or then, but it be became an issue 
uh, this week people noticed them and he quickly closed up his uh, accounts etc but yeah it's a, it's a very you know uh, even also here we have some of the usual gay supporters saying okay we've gone too far we should uh, do these things more mm. gradually you know we are awakening the the unwashed to what uh, uh, to our to who we act actually are what, what we are <laughs> and uh, yeah and and you know people responded okay why don't you go do this in a mosque uh, yeah photoshop his uh, twerking in a church he, they photoshopped them uh, him in a in a mosque saying if you try this you wouldn't last five minutes it's just because of the general tolerance and already high level of emancipation of the and openness of the Christian community here that uh, you're allowed to do this and get away with it right while uh, while still you try to shock us into opening our minds or whatever it is but you never you wouldn't dare do this to the to the Muslim community I mean this is a general comment on state of affairs in the Vogue camp in general not just this pathetic lost person that uh, that was here so yeah we're, we're having we're part of the global culture war in full yes you are and and yeah. and uh and that's what uh that's what uh democracy i'm using air quotes here is uh is is taking us to uh, that's the corrupted yeah. form of democracy um although we saw you know i don't know how many years ago it was the same thing in uh and obvious and, and, and arguably not a, a true Jeffersonian democratic state, Russia, with the Pussy Riot and, and their antics in uh, one yeah. of the uh, Orthodox churches there as well. Um, anyway, that uh, those those culture wars are going to not only continue with us, but I think they're going to ramp up. And um, anyway, we can we can discuss that later. Let's do this because I'm going to have to run shortly. But I want to I want to mention two things. Um, I've, I've got a. Um, uh, farmer's pick it's been a long time since we've ended on a on a good note but let's end on two good notes um first of all um uh, dr uh, sashko kedev uh posted this week on uh, twitter and uh, other places he hiked the true summit of i don't know if i'm going to pronounce this right manaslu uh, in the himalaya which is 8163 meters uh, i think it's the eighth highest peak on the planet and he posted some pictures and video. Of course, he had the Macedonian flag and one of the Macedonian the scarfs that you take to the football uh, football matches uh, in Europe. Uh, and and that was just really really fantastic um, that uh, that he was able to get up there. He he does that yeah. a lot. He he's a you know I like to post my pictures of of my hikes around southern Arizona uh, with the you know the Macedonian flag or the scarfs, but. I'm not going to 8,163 <laughs> meters. I'm doing about 3,000 meters. So uh, <laughs> kudos, kudos to him. Um, and uh, and actually, the farmer's yeah, pick I wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only is he a doctor, uh, a brain mm. surgeon. I'm not sure if he's a brain surgeon or not, but uh, he, he is a, uh, a mountaineer and a rock he's star. A, and, and... He's a heart surgeon. Heart surgeon. That's right. Yes, mm. heart surgeon. So. One yeah. of the most established here. And he was the yeah. presidential candidate in uh, uh, way back. 2004. Uh, yeah. 2004 against uh, Branco. Yeah. So yes. I remember that. So that was, that's number one. That's a good note. Well, maybe we'll put a picture or a video link in there or something. 
Uh, but the original farmer's pick I had was this cool um, Facebook page I found uh, called Macedonia in Color. And mm. if you go to Facebook.com and then it's backslash MK in Color, and that's the American spelling, C-O-L-O-R, not the British spelling. But it's old photographs that uh, whoever's running this Facebook page takes and uh, colorizes them, which is really, really cool because we're so used to seeing this, you know, black and white photos from the past. And, and, and then we think, well, those people lived in black and white. But no, they didn't. They, li- they lived in color just like we live in color. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it really, it adds a, 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 a different perspective, I guess, is the right way of putting it. When you, when you look at these real flesh and blood men and women uh, in living color from way back when. So uh, we'll, we'll put a link in that to the, uh, to the Facebook page mm-hmm. as well. So I think uh, I think we can end on on those two high notes. Uh, yeah, not not all is not all is a, all is a disaster here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, there is you know as as uh, the ghost of Christmas present told Scrooge and um, uh, Dickens uh, uh, a Christmas Carol. There are more good things in this life than you can possibly imagine. So uh, sometimes we forget that and lose sight of it. We need to focus on it. And there there are more good things in Macedonia than you can possibly imagine.